Hello and welcome to The Shana Show. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and mindset coach. I'm on a mission to help you live a nourished life on every single level. This podcast dives into the world of holistic health and personal development. Here, I combine practical knowledge and tools with the science of behavior change to help you embody your best self. It's my aim that this podcast inspires you and provides you with the resources to live the life of your dreams. So if you're ready to become your happiest and healthiest self, you are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. This episode of the podcast is coming to you from inside my free 10-day challenge, New Year Nourished You, which is helping you set a solid foundation to have your healthiest and happiest 2024. Throughout these 10 days, we are going through the ingredients for a nourished life, which are the 10 pillars that I believe are so important for a life of holistic health. And each day we will be diving into one of these ingredients, one of these core pillars, and I'll be shedding insight and perspectives onto how you can optimize this part of your life. So to join us inside this challenge, which I highly recommend doing, please sign up via the link in the show notes. When you do sign up, you'll be part of the free challenge. You'll receive the worksheet that we're working through called the Wheel of Health, which helps you assess where you currently are in each of these areas and which ones need your focus and attention in 2024. You'll also be in the running to win exclusive prizes and giveaways by interacting and being signed up for the challenge. And you'll be a part of a community community of like-minded people. There are such beautiful people inside and I am so grateful for those that I'm sharing this with. If you sign up within the 10 days as well, you'll also have the opportunity to join us live on the morning calls each morning at 7am Melbourne time. Um, And I look forward to to seeing you inside. You'll find that link in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. So good morning. Thank you to those of you that are here live and welcome to everyone watching the replay later on. Yesterday was all about nutritious food and today we're moving into optimal hydration. But before we do, I just want to speak a little bit more to what we uncovered yesterday when we were looking at food, when we were seeing where are we kind of sitting with eating real food majority of the time, not all the time. um, And what's our relationship with food like? So we looked a little bit in our journal prompts at our food rules that we currently have, and particularly also at how we feel when we break those food rules, right? Because you would have noticed as you were jotting down the rules, as I noticed and as I am aware of, and when I was writing those examples out, I was seeing like some of these could actually be supportive, but it's more about how we act towards them, especially when we want to move towards food freedom. When we want to move towards food freedom, what we actually need to do is understand that instead of having food rules, we can choose which ones are actually supporting us and have them as guidelines. And now the difference between guidelines and rules is rules feel like, oh, you break a rule, you've done something bad, you feel naughty. It's that kind of vibe that we've been like ingrained in us growing up. It's like, okay, this is the rule. You don't break the rules unless you're a rebel and you really enjoy breaking the rules. But you know how rules have those kind of connotations where they're hard and fast. It's like, all right, this is a rule. Don't break this rule. If you do, there's guilt, there's shame. Um, You've done something wrong. You've done something bad. And we can make it really personal. Whereas if we look at those and we'd be like, okay, which ones are actually serving us? Like, for example, 
eating real food majority of the time, we could look at that as a rule or we could see it as a guideline, right? And it's definitely more of that guideline because it's like majority of the time. It's like if it was a rule, it would be like just eat real food, that's it, nothing else. And then if we didn't eat real food and we're in more of that binge restrict cycle, so yeah, we're in that binge restrict cycle where it's like, cool, eating real food, doing good, following the rule, not eating real food. Oh no, I've broken the rule. I'm doing bad. Whereas when it's turned into a guideline of eating real food majority of the time, it really makes it so much lighter. There's more of that flexibility and that freedom around it. It's more of that food freedom approach where it's like, cool, yes, this is what I do the majority of the time, but there's no need to feel guilty or bad or shameful if I don't follow that guideline because it's not a hard and fast thing. So see how it's so much gentler? And you can even have lots of different food guidelines. Like a lot of what I teach as a nutritionist, you could consider those guidelines um, so like, for, for example, how to build a balanced meal, that's like a guideline, right? It's not like a rule that we have to have this much protein, this much carb, this much, this much fat. Um, what am I missing? Protein, carbs, fat, veggies, of course. It's like, yes, I give you a balanced plate formula, but does it have to be that exact thing? It's a guideline. It's something we work with. And it's just a really different energy between rules and guidelines. And it's really important to understand which ones are actually serving us and supporting us, which ones are actually going to be beneficial for our health and which are just mumbo jumbo diet culture speak that it's like, this doesn't even make sense. Like one of the random ones I popped in yesterday um, around the example for only six eggs a week or something. And I don't know if that's exactly a rule, but it's like through the years, we've kind of been ingrained that it's like, don't eat foods that contain cholesterol, right? It'll increase your cholesterol. Thankfully, now we know better and we understand that most of our cholesterol is made in our liver and the problem with cholesterol, and this is very off topic from today's topic of hydration, but we're going to go here for just a minute, just very briefly. Um, the, the problem with cholesterol is the inflammation and what happens to cholesterol when we are inflamed. So it's not about not eating foods that can contain cholesterol because some of the foods that can contain cholesterol are super healthy, super nutritious, actually really good for us. It's more about focusing on those real foods, decreasing our internal inflammation through what we eat, through decreasing our stress levels, through moving our body, all the different things that are going to support with our internal health. So that's just one example of where these kind of rules that we've picked up over the years, like being afraid of eggs, it doesn't have to be there anymore. It's like, if that's something that you still, when you're eating eggs, it's like, oh, I can only have two this morning because, you know, it's they've got cholesterol, just start to actually question these kinds of things and start to be like, is this actually something that I need to like use as a guideline? Things like that we can scrap. But then, like I mentioned, there are some supportive food guidelines, especially if we've got an intolerance. We obviously want to have a little bit more of that guideline around like, okay, well, I'm gluten intolerant. I'm not going to eat gluten, right? Like that's a beneficial thing. Um, so just noticing where these kind of quote unquote rules uh, might actually be serving you and shifting them more into guidelines and taking that hard and fast, like good, bad, right, wrong off them. Um, and obviously having the education to know which ones are supportive, which ones are not, and then trusting yourself to have the discernment about when you want to follow them and when you're like, actually, you know what, today, I don't want to eat real food today. I'm going to enjoy this piece of cake because it's it's there. It's something that would just really fill my soul and help me feel really like nourished in a different way today. 
So that's what I have to say about the food rules and shifting those. And hopefully even just that exercise in the awareness and awareness is the first step when it comes to healing our relationship with food, because we can't fix what we can't see, right? If we're just going to turn a blind eye to what's currently going on, it's going to be really difficult because we're just going to be shooting in the dark being like, okay, well, what am I fixing here? So building that awareness, um, knowing wherever you are on your food journey and your relationship with food journey is perfect. And the fact that you're all here, the fact that you're willing to learn and show up is incredible. So we'll close off that chapter and we'll move on to today's topic, which is optimal hydration. So when it comes to being hydrated, this is so important for our health. And it's one that we all know, right? We know how important water is, but it's often one that kind of gets forgotten. It's like an easy win that we still somehow like forget to do. And that's okay. And it's because we don't necessarily have those tips to actually make it a habit. And I'll speak a little bit about how to make staying hydrated a habit. But first, I just want to speak about how much water is recommended for our individual requirements, because it is very different. Like we hear that kind of eight glasses of water rule, and that's a great baseline. I do recommend aim for eight glasses, especially if you're not there yet. Start with that even. But to work out how much we need for ourselves, it's a formula which is one t- so one kilo of our body weight for every kilo of our body weight. It's like um, our weight. So let's say I'm going to use 100 because it's a really easy amount. So 100 kilos times 33. And 33 is mil, and that's the amount we need. So if we times our body weight by 33, that'll give us the amount. So 100 times 33 is 3,300 mil, a.k.a. 3.3 litres. Now, that's a nice, easy example that I like to use, so I don't have to go into any complex maths. And obviously, we can do that with our actual weight and with the calculator. And this is recommended as a baseline for what we have, right? So if we are doing lots of workouts, if we're like Katrina, we're about to go out for a run, we don't want to just meet our baseline requirements. We want to make sure we're getting more than that. Then if we are living in a hot climate, if we live up in North Queensland or we're living somewhere where it gets quite warm, we want to make sure it's more than that baseline. So that's our baseline that we want to work towards. Body weight times 33 equals the amount of mil, and then you can convert that into liters. So it's a really nice, easy way to find what's good for you. um, And it's good for our individualized requirements. Different people say we want even more than that. Different people say you don't need quite that much. I say use these again as guidelines. And again, don't be hard on yourself if it's like, oh, didn't hit that number that the calculator told me. Listen to your body as well. And there's many different contributing factors when it comes to hydration. Yes, drinking water is one of those, but are we getting enough healthy fats in our diet to help us with the absorption and the hydration of our cells, right? So looking at things like that too, and knowing that even certain foods are quite high water content. If we're eating lots of vegetables, which hopefully on the real, like following the real food way and eating lots of real food, we are, then we will be getting some form of hydration through that too. I never say that it's enough to just get hydrated through the veggies we eat, but it's a nice bonus. Like in summer, there's lots of beautiful fruits like watermelon, just like 90 something percent water. That's contributing to our hydration. I don't count it towards that total of how much water we want to aim to drink, but just knowing that there are different ways for us to support our hydration goals alongside drinking water. And one thing I really want to emphasize with water as well is it's also about the quality of our water. So I always recommend getting a water filter um, and these are really accessible and easy to find. And there's obviously a different sliding scale of like ones that are 
very like low cost and ones that are just like crazy amounts of money and we don't need anything fancy it's just a basic water filter i just have a bench top jug um, and i use a gen 2 it's the, i believe that's the brand gen 2 or eco bud it's got both those in the name um, and it's just a water top jug it's glass so that it's not plastic but even if you are using a plastic jug it's still a step forward because it's still being filtered um, so I do recommend looking at water filters. Some people get them installed under their sink. That's amazing. That'll also depend your living situation. If you're renting or if you own the place, there's going to be different variables there. So you choose what works for you. Um, but a benchtop jug, I've been using one for probably like seven, eight years and I don't find it annoying. Like I thought I would find it annoying and I was like, yeah, can't wait to get something installed under the sink, but it just becomes a habit, right? And one of the beautiful things about that benchtop jug is it actually can serve in the habit building. And this goes for even if you're just using normal water out of a tap or you've got a filter tap, just making something in your site that reminds you to drink. So, for example, I've got my water jug there. And yes, it's kind of become part of the furniture because I'm so used to seeing it. But when I was building that habit, it was a new thing in that environment. So I saw the water jug and I was like, okay, this is acting as a trigger to start me on that habit. So when it comes to habit creation, we want to have some form of cue or trigger, whatever we want to call it, that we see something or we think of something or an alarm goes off or um, it's a certain time of day. And that can act as a trigger to get us to initiate that behavior. So when I see that water jug on my bench in the morning, when I walk out from my bedroom after brushing my teeth, I've woken up, brushed my teeth, I've walked out, I see my water jug on the bench and I'm like, perfect, it's my water time. And that's become a habit for me because I do that every morning. But when we want to start initiating that, we can put things there that we can see. So even having a glass of water somewhere where you walk out and you see this glass in a spot that it's not normally there and you're like, okay, perfect, I have to drink. So if this is something you want to start to adopt and I highly recommend rehydrating after you wake up. And this is one of like my little hacks for helping us move towards our hydration goal is when you wake up, make sure one of the first things you do, I always recommend brushing your teeth first. So you're getting rid of any waste that your body has like collected in your mouth overnight. Um, and I'm a big fan of tongue scraping as well. Um, it's just like this metal, usually it's like a copper kind of I don't even know what you'd call it, like a prongy thing where you just like scrape over your tongue. Some of you would have heard of it. Some of you, it might be new and you're like, what is this weird torture device Shana's talking about? It's actually really great. <laughs> and you see how much collects on your tongue overnight and throughout the day as well. So brushing your teeth and then heading into the kitchen um, and seeing a glass or seeing a water jug and putting it somewhere where you'll notice it. Because like I mentioned, when things are always in one spot, it can become part of the furniture and we stop seeing it because our mind is like, cool, let's just is there. We've got so many other stimulus and so many things on our mind that um, the more we can make it easier for ourselves and put it somewhere different where it's going to be obvious and we're really going to notice it, the easier it's going to be for us to be like, oh yeah, that class is there. Why did I put there last night before I went to bed? Right. I wanted to remind myself to drink this morning. And there's your first glass of water for the day or your first two glasses of water for a day. You might already get 500 meals in first thing within 10 minutes of waking. How amazing. You've just moved towards your goal in a massive way, right? So little things like that really support. 
And then doing things like carrying a drink bottle with you everywhere or having a glass with you where you're working. This morning, I've got a glass of water and I've got a big cup of tea. (laughs) I love having what I call a little hydration station next to me so that I've always got something there. And then when I'm working, I just kind of like without even thinking sometimes I might be in flow and I'll just be sipping at my water. So having it there, you're so much more likely to actually drink it rather than if I have to get up and go get a glass of water and I'm in a flow or I'm like working through a to-do list I'm like, just one more task before I know it's been hours. And I'm like, I haven't gone and got any more water. So make it easy for yourself, make it accessible. These are some of the keys to habit creation. And the more we can utilize it in all the areas we'll be talking about over the 10 days. And I'm sure I'll speckle in more of these tips. And today it's specific to water, but use this with things like your movement, which we'll be talking about exercise tomorrow, like with food and the foods you see when you first open your pantry or open your fridge, right? Make the things that you want to initiate the behavior for really obvious so they're there you can see it this is why I love having my meal plan on my fridge so every time I walk into the kitchen I see my magnetic meal planner and I'm like cool I know what I'm eating this week and it's just so much easier it's like it's that prompt it's that reminder it's why people say to keep your active wear next to your bed if you want to work out first thing in the morning or keep your runners near the front door if you want to encourage yourself to go out it's making it more obvious it's making it easier for yourself because it's one less step if we want to create a habit we can really look at how can we make it easier because as humans we love what's easy we love what's convenient and we can be quite innately lazy and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with us it just means why not work with that instead of berating ourselves for that right it's like cool I know I want to go and do something that's of least effort or convenience so how can I make the things I want to do the most convenient possible So that's a little bit about how to make that hydration a habit. I've mentioned the water filter. I've mentioned how much to eat. I've mentioned the importance of healthy fats when it comes to helping with that absorption of the water and hydrating it on a cellular level. Electrolytes is another thing I want to talk about. And when I say electrolytes, I'm not saying like um, sports drinks or certain electrolyte powders that are full of things that make them crazy colors and super sweet and crazy flavors. I'm talking like even things like putting a good quality salt in your water. And I know salt has been kind of like another one of those things that's been demonized and we're afraid of because, oh, what about our blood pressure? However, it's all about the type of salt. And again, I can go on a whole rant when it comes to salt. But when it comes to salt, I do recommend on both your food and if you're adding it to your water, using a good quality salt, like a Celtic sea salt, a normal sea salt, or a Himalayan rock salt. So table salt, we can move on from that one. If you're currently using table salt, you're welcome to finish it. Um, I would even recommend going and getting just a new salt to begin with. It's got to do with the minerals in the salts and the way they're um, taken up by the cells. And when it comes to the less refined salts, they're much better for you. And they also have trace minerals in them, which is why they can act as a bit of an electrolyte. So we don't want to rely on salt to get all our minerals from it, but it can help with very small amounts and therefore it can help with the absorption of the water. So in the morning, in my first glass or first two glasses or so of water, depending on how many I'm having that morning, some days it's one, some days it's two. This is where we get to like use our own discernment and see what feels like we need or like what we feel like we need. We never have to like force ourselves to drink crazy amounts or anything like that. Very much a fan of listening to our bodies. But in my first glass or two of water in the morning, I will put a little bit of good quality salt in there. Um, and just a, just a pinch. It doesn't have to be a crazy amount. 
Um, you obviously don't want to make it so salty that it's like, wow, I'm drinking the ocean. It's just a little pinch of water in there. Oh, sorry, pinch of salt in the water. Um, and that can be a really beautiful way to help with that absorption as well. So little tweaks like this can be really supportive for us, especially if you find like you're drinking a lot, but you're still feeling thirsty and you're not feeling like you're actually absorbing it. Um, this could be an electrolyte thing. So something like a little bit of salt in your water can be really beneficial or something like coconut water. Coconut water is nature's sports drink. It's the real food version of all the other sports drinks that are full of all sorts of things that we don't even want to think about. Um, and that's something that we can incorporate as well. So I know in my phases where I've done lots of running, coconut water will be something I more regularly consume. Or if I'm overseas on a tropical holiday, yes, there's coconuts available and they're delicious, but I also think about it from that hydration perspective. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm more dehydrated because it's humid here. I'm sweating a lot more. It's really hot and sunny. So I'm going to make sure I drink some coconut too. And then it's just a bonus that it tastes great. So I can see a couple of questions coming through. Is there a such thing as too much water? For me, it's going, it's going to be a lot of water. Yeah. So this is where listening to your body is also important and where I would recommend the um, things like the electrolytes, Norel. So if you're feeling like it's a lot of water, you don't have to force yourself to drink it. Like I said, remember, these are guidelines. It's not like, Norel, you've got to get this much. Make sure you do or you've done something wrong. It's that combination of, okay, this is kind of what my body needs at the moment, or this is what this particular formula is telling me my body needs. How do I feel? And like, find an amount that feels good for you. So try increasing your intake based on, you might already be drinking heaps and your, your water might be good. You might feel hydrated. You might notice that your hydration is not an issue for you. If that's the case, beautiful. Keep hydrating. If you're not drinking filtered, switch to filtered. Um, if you're never adding any like salt or never having any coconut water, maybe add those in if it feels aligned. So look at other little ways to kind of tweak it, um, but always come back to listening to your body. Like I would say, let's say, um, the amount we have to drink, I'm just going to use two liters as a random number. Let's say I've got to drink two liters. Um, and there's a particular day where I'm like, you know what? It's just really not going down well. So I might just like optimize it, put a little bit of salt in it, drink a bit. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not thirsty. So listening to your thirst cues. And yes, when we're thirsty, it means we've been dehydrated for a while, but just really becoming more attuned to your body. And this is part of this holistic health picture as well. I talk a lot about really becoming aware of what our body needs and listening to our body. So building this body awareness, um, and this is part of the food freedom journey. It's part of all of it is building that body awareness because our body is so intelligent. Like there will be times where like, I just really feel like my body's asking me to eat or drink some lemon water. And it might be because we're actually just about to get sick and our body's like, all right, let's get some of the beautiful benefits of that lemon and the vitamin C and those kinds kinds of things. Our body is very intelligent. And when we start to actually slow down and start to listen to it and trust it, it really tells us a lot. So same goes with water. You'll be able to know, you'll be like, okay, no, I actually really do need to drink. And the more awareness we build around our body, because one of the reasons can often be is we're so swept up in our busy lives that we do forget to do things like drink, or we do forget to, um, go to the effort of making really beautiful real food meals, things like that can happen. But when we do like slow down and give our body some time and we get more attuned to the signals it's giving us, we will be able to see what it needs. So it will tell us when it needs more water. Um, it'll tell us when it's like, all right, now you're done with water for the day. And this will change day to day, depending where we are in our cycles, depending on the seasons. So really just coming back to what feels good for you, but find a baseline that feels good for you, Norelle, and then go with that. So let's say right now you're 
you're drinking one liter, just making random things up here. You're drinking one liter and you need to be drinking more than that. Just start with one glass more a day. Then do two glasses, see how that feels. Then do three. And this is one of the other things that's really important to know about habit creation. We never want to go from zero to 100. So if we're currently not drinking much water and we need to be drinking a lot more water, we don't want to be like, cool, from today, I'm drinking the amount that this formula says I need. Please do not do that. Because when we have these huge jumps and these huge changes, our body is kind of like, whoa, this is too much change too quickly. And this is where some of those protection strategies can come in. And this is where we lose the motivation or we start procrastinating or there's other ways that our mind is like, that feels unsafe because it's such big change. That's too much. And this is why so many amazing habit thought leaders, like if you've read Atomic Habits by James Clear or Tiny Habits by, I can't remember the author, but there's many people who teach about habits who say, always break it down, always make it little because that's how we make change. And this is any area of our life. Yes, water is one of them. But even if it's like, um, like fitness related, career related, anything related, we don't want to be making these massive jumps because it can just send us catapulting back into where we started. This is why I don't recommend dieting and doing those like fad kind of diet things because we end up being like, yes, I'm clean eating, quote unquote, or I'm dieting from Monday. And then we do it for a little bit and then we end up back where we started because it wasn't that sustainable approach that's actually working with the way that human behavior change works. So make the changes small. So wherever you are today, whoever's listening, um, make sure you're just little bit by little bit increasing that water until you do get to that healthy spot, until you do get to that spot where you're like, yes, I'm actually noticing that I feel more energized because water does so many things. And I'll mention this really briefly because it helps us have that motivation to want to do it right. And when it comes to motivation, we actually create motivation. Um, And I have a few little hacks of how we can create motivation, but I never say like, don't rely on motivation because it's very elusive based. So if we can create it from within, one of the ways is to understand why things are so beneficial and important for us, because then we can use that as fuel to be like, oh, okay, if I drink more water and I drink how much my body is asking me to drink, then I'm actually going to have more energy. My focus is going to be better. I'm going to have better mental clarity. I'm going to be able to think better. Therefore, I'm going to be more productive. Therefore, I'm just going to feel better going about my day, like when I have all this extra energy. So when we understand that, we're like, okay, that's good motivation. We've just created some motivation for ourselves. Whereas if someone's just like, cool, drink enough water because it's good for you, it's a little bit less enticing. It's like, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's good good for me, right? But so they're just a few things that water supports with, with energy production. So if you're fatigued or you're feeling tired, water is one of the best things we can do for ourselves. Water is needed for the Krebs cycle, which is our energy production cycle. It's needed for so many different biochemical pathways within our body because we are made up of a huge amount of water, 60 to 70% water. So we want to be refreshing that. We want to be replenishing that. Um, And it's going to help with so many other things, even things like temperature regulation. So really just knowing why it's so beneficial um, and working on that and just moving towards that. Beautiful. So, yeah, so Norel, I wouldn't recommend drinking that much water. I feel like that's excessive. Um, Yeah, so like I mentioned, just find that sweet spot. Maybe for you it's about three, four litres. I mean... Um I'm doing four now. So I use these bottles and they're perfect. So I have four of them and that's, yeah. Yeah. I think then you're nailing hydration. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And some people do drink more. Like my partner, he drinks some days it'll be like six liters and I'm like, whoa, like that's a lot of water. And there's that whole like debate around like, um, 
you can drown yourself by drinking too much. And this is more if you're drinking it in a very short period of time. Like I've heard before, I remember watching some like little clip or documentary thing about some college students that part of their hazing or whatever they call it over in America, they made people scull those big blue things of water and then they ended up drowning because it was just so much water all at once. So, but this is again, where it's so important to listen to our body because our body will tell us our body doesn't want to scull that much water that quickly. And it will tell us when we need more water throughout the day. So love that you're nailing that four liters. That's an amazing amount. Um, and yeah, if you feel aligned to maybe add some salt to some of that or bring in some coconut water here and there, if it feels suitable, like coconut water can be a good one for when we're exercising sizing lots and things, but again, it's not essential. So yeah, I think that's everything I want to say about hydration. Um, so what are your suggestions as drinking water with meals? Yes. Love this question, Melanie. So I recommend sipping water with meals, not having full drinks. And I know it's common for us to kind of think of like mealtime is also when we drink, but what it can do is it can dilute our digestive enzymes. So our digestion starts in our mouth with our salivary amylase, which coats the food as we chew it, which is why it's so important to chew our food and help that digestion process from the moment it enters our body. Um, so when we drink a lot of water at mealtime, it can kind of like dilute those um, enzymes, but it can also, if we're drinking cold water, it can also have a negative impact on our digestive fire. So our body, our internal temperature is a higher temperature, right? Whereas if we're drinking cold water, that can bring that down and it can not, not support the digestive process when we're eating a meal. So in general, I actually recommend drinking room temperature water. Um, and this is kind of like coming from those more um, Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, which are traditional forms of medicine that have been around for thousands of years. And they have that approach of like really nourishing and nurturing that digestive fire by not putting too much cold in there. And again, there's lots of like little um, things and nuances we can go into based on your body type, based on your digestion type, all that kind of stuff. But as a general rule, it is beneficial for us to be drinking room temperature water most of the time. And again, this is a guideline. It's not a hard and fast rule. There are going to be days where we're like, I just really need a cold glass of water because I am overheating and it's like 40 degrees outside. And I'm sorry, Shana, but I'm putting ice in this water. And that's cool, right? Again, it's like, that majority of the time, drink the room temperature, or if you like warm water, drink some warm water. Um, but yeah, room temperature is perfect. Um, but coming back to that drinking around mealtime, I'd say sip around mealtime and aim to have the time you drink most water. So if you're having like a big glass of water or a couple of glasses of water, aim to do that throughout the day, either just like as you go while you're working or um, find times that work. So habit stacking is another really efficient way of helping ourselves create these habits. And for example, if we're doing a workout, having a big glass of water or two after that workout is going to be a good time to replenish, rehydrate. And it's one habit that we already have or we're creating. And then we're just adding the hydration to that. Just like when waking up, my habit stacking is wake up, um, tongue scrape, brush teeth, drink water. It's like a little stack, things I was already doing. Like I brush my teeth every morning anyway. Why not add the water to the end of that? So it could be with your exercise. You could be having a big glass of water. It could be like little breaks um, in your work day. So maybe you have like a couple of mid-morning little like five-minute breaks where you just go grab a glass of water or you fill up a cup of tea. I will also briefly touch on, and I'm aware of the time, so I will wrap up very soon. Um, but Things like herbal tea can contribute towards our water intake. Caffeinated beverages don't contribute, but 
herbal teas and um, other beverages that don't contain caffeine can contribute. So I'm a huge fan of herbal tea. They have their own benefits and medicinal properties in their own right. So they're giving us beautiful things within themselves. So um, whatever it is, like peppermint, great for digestion, chamomile, great for relaxation and sleep. So all these teas have their own benefits, but we can also use them to our advantage to help with our hydration. Again, I don't recommend relying solely on those things for our hydration, but they can top it up, right? So I'm a huge fan of tea, especially in winter. I love drinking tea and I find it a bit harder to drink water in winter. So I just capitalize on that. And I'm like, cool, I'm just going to accept the fact that I drink a lot more tea and I'll still have a good amount of water, but I might not be having all my water from the plain filtered water. So utilizing little things like that to your advantage as well. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much to those of you that have been here. Thanks for the questions. Really great questions. Um, and thank you to everyone tuning in later, watching the replay. Today's action step is to put this into practice. And if you're already nailing your water habit, awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. If you need to increase, increase by one glass, increase by one cup and just work your way to that goal. So figure out how much you need based on your body currently, um, and then figure out where you're currently at. Just like you might know how much you're drinking, you might not know. That could even be your action task for today, seeing where you're currently at um, and actually just assessing how much water you're drinking. And when we're mindful of things, we often do more of the thing we want to do anyway. So this goes for someone mentioned in one of their comments around when they are writing like a diet diary, they're more mindful about what they're eating because we're actually thinking about it. So today, even by just thinking about our water intake and being really intentional with our water intake, you're probably going to end up drinking more by default. So adding in a glass if you need to, work out how much you need. And this is our easy, simple action step for today. It can be even be done after this call. Like those of you that are watching live, you might go have a glass of water now. Tick, done. You've done your action step. How simple is that? And celebrate yourself for doing it. Even these simple action steps, every time we keep our word to ourselves, it actually builds confidence within ourselves. It builds trust within ourselves because we're doing and we're following through with the things that we say that we're going to do. And this is where one of the problems lies with trying to go that all or nothing approach because it's like, cool, I'm going to do 10 things all at once and I'm going to focus on 10 different habits all at once. And then there's no way we can keep up with that massive change in one day or in over a course of a week or two weeks. And then we start to beat ourselves up and be like, I just can never stick to anything. It's because we're setting ourselves up for failure. And it's okay because we didn't know, but now we know how to work with behavior change. We know how to work with ourselves and we can celebrate ourselves for every little win because they all add up massively. So enjoy drinking your water today and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for our day on movement. And um, in terms of the action step and homework, I'll pop that in the Facebook group, whether you want to send a little photo of like a little selfie of you drinking your water or just a photo of your hydration station, or you've just said, yep, just drank my water. Amazing. That is you done. And we will celebrate you for that. So thanks to those of you that have been here. Thank you for those watching the replay. I'll see you all tomorrow morning. Have a beautiful day. If you loved this episode and enjoyed this training from inside my free 10-day challenge, New Year Nourished You, remember to head to the show notes and sign up so that you have access to all of the extra goodness that is involved with being a part of the challenge. Thanks for being here and I look forward to speaking soon.